It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. After my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash getmore. Welcome into the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. So much to get to and discuss. Thank you for tuning in today. It's draft week, and I couldn't be more excited. Joe Goodberry on tomorrow. We're going to wrap up our draft conversation. He's joined me all offseason to discuss the draft, the Bengals offseason, free agency moves, and, um, yeah, a a lot to discuss there. I'm going to address some reports here as far as the NFL draft goes and the Bengals in just a second. By the way, subscribe on Twitter, at LockedOnBengals, at James Erpine. And, uh, yeah, a a lot to get to. Uh, Subscribe, iTunes, AudioBoom.com. Follow on Twitter would be the right words there. Look, I'll admit to you, I was out of town last week. So that's why I couldn't get – I was doing as many of these shows as I could. I got two in on the road. I bounced around the West Coast, had a – a vacation that was out of my hands. I know it's untimely as far as draft goes, but I felt like we covered the draft enough the past couple months that it could work. I made it work, and we're back today, and we're back every day this week. You're going to hear from Dave Lapham this week. You're, I'm working on other draft analysts. We are going to bring you the best Bengals draft coverage imaginable, including after they make their pick on Thursday night, after they make their picks on Friday and Saturday. We'll have draft analysts on the show to discuss what it means, how it means. You'll hear from the players they pick and so much more. So this is the spot you want to be. Thank you for tuning in. And I, I want to start with this. And I I saw a bunch of reports, and there's a bunch of different things going on as far as the Bengals and what they could do. And I still lean with Derek Barnett. I think Derek Barnett's the guy. From what I heard, Derek Barnett's going to be the guy. There's also a chance someone else likes Derek Barnett, the defensive end from Tennessee. There's a chance that someone else picks him ahead of the Bengals. Maybe Carolina picks him. I've seen that in, in some different mock drafts and some different uh, for, from draft analysts. You know, you know, the rumor mill is going. And one Bengals rumor that came out, and Tony Pauline reported this, and there's a, an article, in my opinion, on it at length. I, I wrote about it on my blog at ESPN1530.com, search word James. And basically what I said, and it, it had to do with John Ross, and he had all these injuries, and I get this all the time. Well, John Ross, he's a one-trick pony. All he can do is run, and he's injury-prone. Except when you talk to people that watch the film, or if you go to draftbreakdown.com and watch it for yourself, you'd realize that he's not a one-trick pony. Yeah, he has had injuries, serious ones, to both legs. He's had sur- shoulder off-season shoulder surgery. And guess what? John Ross... 
cleared by the Bengals physicians, cleared by the Bengals doctors, according to this report from Tony Pauline. What does it mean? It might not mean much. What stood out to me, though, and what it means is, is that if the Bengals, if Derek Barnett isn't there, if the top pass rushers aren't there, they're open to taking John Ross. But this is the line of the report that stood out to me. This is the line in the report that makes me believe and buy into the idea that the Bengals should take John Ross at number nine. Pauline says, quote, the Bengals front office believes the addition of Ross to an offense that presently boasts A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Eifert, as well as recently re-signed wide receiver Brandon LaFell, could make them unstoppable on that side of the ball. Guess what? Me and the Bengals, the Bengals and I, however you want to phrase it, feel the same way. They feel the same way as I do. And if they really feel that way, if that report is true, that they feel like John Ross is the missing piece, well, then you freaking draft him at number nine. That's what you do. If that's how you feel. Because guess what? I can guarantee you Derek Barnett isn't making your defense unstoppable. I can guarantee you Leonard Fournette isn't making your offense unstoppable. Pauline also mentions Joe Mixon, and I will say this right now. If the Bengals take, listen here, listen real close. The Bengals take John Ross at 9, and Joe Mixon falls to 41, and I'm not sure he will. But if Joe Mixon falls to 41, and the Bengals get John Ross, Joe Mixon, to go along with A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, I don't give a damn about the offensive line. They'll figure that out. Because they're going to have so many weapons that two seconds will be enough. Because there's not going to be a cornerback, there's not going to be a defense that can guard Tyler Eifert for two seconds, and A.J. Green for two seconds, and Tyler Boyd for two seconds, and Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield for two seconds, and John Ross for two seconds. No defense is doing that. None. Zero. Zilch. None. That's it. So it would alleviate the stress of an offensive line that certainly isn't as good as it was last year, and it struggled at times last year. So you look at this, and yes, John Ross makes sense at nine. I don't think they'll take him. I still lean Derek Barnett. I still lean defense. If Leonard Fournette's there, I think they might take him. But today, three days before the draft, the fact that they're at least open to John Ross, I haven't heard Corey Davis's name, open to John Ross, fastest man in the history of the NFL Combine, can run a bunch of different routes, isn't just a Deshaun Jackson type, can do a bunch of different things for you, it gives me hope. I will have more on the NFL draft more on the wide receiver position, and and, and so much more with Joe Goodberry tomorrow. But today I was at Paul Brown Stadium, and I appreciate you tuning in here on Locked on Bengals. Subscribe iTunes and audioboom.com. I I was in the Bengals locker room, and this is kind of lengthy, but it's important because uh, A.J. McCarron has been the subject of a bunch of offseason trade rumors, speculation, and now you're going to hear from him. A.J. McCarron, this is him talking with myself. I ask him about a very unserious or not so serious subject at the end of the interview but this is AJ McCarron with a bunch of reporters we call it a scrum a scrum of reporters and everyone's asking him about his trade value do it does he want to be traded is he thinking about it etc etc here's that it's about 12 13 minutes long and I just think it's really interesting you can listen to his tone what he says his reaction is really well thought out and instead of giving you pieces of it 
I wanted to give you the whole thing. Here's A.J. McCarron in the Bengals locker room with a bunch of reporters earlier today. When you get to this level, it's one thing you can't control. Um, and there's no reason to be pissed off about it or worry about it. It's out of your control. It's not like it's my contract year and, you know, I'm trying to negotiate or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I'm under contract here and, like I uh, said uh, in interviews before, is, you know, if nothing did happen, I'd be here um, when I was supposed to be here and uh, come to do my job to the best of my ability. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I've always done. Uh, I love this game and I love being around the guys. Um, and so uh, I'm just ready to have fun. All right. Yeah, of course. Has that been resolved yet? No, uh, we're, we're still going through all that. Um, and it's probably going to go into next year. Um, you know, it's just something I mean, they're going to fight on their side, and I'm going to fight on my side to um, prove why, you know, um, I sh shouldn't have to have another year. So, I mean, it is what it is, and, uh, you know, that's what the lawyers and all that will fix out and uh, and we'll see what happens they don't they don't seem to be letting that dictate their they seem to be pretty adamant that uh, they're not looking to, they aren't looking to trade you because they feel like you're a good you know that you're a valuable piece so yeah. it doesn't seem like the contract thing is making them think that they got to get rid of you you know I mean yeah I, I don't know I, I mean it's hard for me to answer that from their end yeah. but um, you know, uh, all they've said is what they've said. What Mike has said, and what Marvin has said, he's a valuable piece to our. Yeah, it, and it's it's great um, to be wanted. Uh, it really is. You know, I I've learned a lot uh, coming out in the draft process um, from a personal standpoint. You know, and I've said this multiple times after is, uh, the years being here, maturing a lot more. Um, you know, I didn't have the best draft process when it came to things, um, and they took a chance on me, and uh, and I've forever been grateful for that, and will, always will be. And uh, I love this organization for taking that opportunity. Um, when a lot of people were passing on me, and they believed in me, and you know, even when what was going on the first year, um, you know, being healthy, and then not being healthy after about two weeks and then having to sit out and them just, you know, sticking with me and trusting what I was telling them, what I can do and what I know I can do for the future. And um, so, I, like I said, I'll, I'll forever be grateful and uh, to Mr. Brown and the whole front office and I'm very thankful for it. That, they made a decision, I think, and you did too, was uh, don't, have, don't have surgery, right? Rehab it, strengthen it, strengthen yeah. it, not cut it, right? I mean, right. that was kind of a key decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you never know how it's going to uh, heal. You know, um, one thing I did have done, I, I mean, I had the uh, stem cell injection done in my shoulder. And I, 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 and Nick was great for me my, my rookie year. Um, we rehabbed a ton. I mean, for y'all that were out here, I, I, mean, I was out there throwing every day and, and busting my butt. But... Um, I still believe that stem cell injection did a lot for my shoulder and really helped it and back to even stronger than what it was when I was playing in college, really. So.
I know you've been a Tom House guy in the past and worked with other people. Are you doing anything like that again this year? Um, well, I, I go out every February um, for about a week and a half. So uh, I did that um, in February, probably second or third week in February. And um, did that and stayed out there and had some fun. And um, and then I work with my QB coach when I go back home. So, uh, yeah, that's really about it, though. Just... Um, I mean, mainly when I get home, I work a ton, three days a week. You do uh, the same thing. You go to South Alabama and uh, yep. throw down there and yep. throw to yep. those guys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, this year I got to uh, work with their guys. They had a lot more draft pros or guys coming out, yeah. I guess. Uh, and then with Gerald uh, coming out uh, at tight end, being a, you know, high-profile guy, I really got to work with that group and, um and really pretty much, I mean, myself and David Morris ran their pro day, um, which was awesome. It was an awesome experience for me to be able to see it from that point of view um, and to work with those younger guys and teach them everything I've learned. So it was, it was fun. Do you ever get tempted to say, trade me, make a move? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, as a competitor, you want to play. I mean, it's just... In you, um, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge competitor no matter what I'm playing. And uh, I've always been that way. I want to play, but like I said, these are the circumstances and something I can't control. And, uh, and so there's no reason to really worry about it, think about it, because um, then it spills over into, you know, life outside of football. And then it could affect your marriage or relationships with people. And um, I just, I don't want that. So um, I try to keep it, you know, my mindset is football and then everything else and uh, and just enjoy it. I mean, a lot of people that wish they could be in my, you know, in any of our shoes, but my shoes, talking from myself, my point of view, but um, to get paid the money we get paid to play a game. Um, and so I, I love it and uh, I'm at peace with it. So it, it is what it is. Do you see this weekend? Is it this the last, uh, probably the last shot of trade to be done this year? Is that the, is that what, uh, is that you're thinking, or what are you thinking? Uh, I, I really don't know. I don't even know. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't. I don't know any really history about the NFL. So <laughs> and trade. Like I'm just. I'm, I didn't grow up an NFL fan. Um, I mean, football was probably my least sport favorite sport so uh i mean i just i don't know i haven't even talked to my agent in about a week and a half so i don't even i don't know what's going on yeah. Yeah. at some point you will have control though when your contract runs out right yeah and whenever that'll, that that'll be, yeah whenever that is um and that'll be the fun part so um like i said i just got to keep proving myself um and there were some quarterbacks got some Pretty nice paydays um, uh, this off season. So hopefully, you know, maybe my future um, one of those days is coming up. But I just like playing the game. Uh, I'm just glad I'm here and still have that opportunity. And it's uh, what I'm thankful for. Really, really am. So you said you try to grow. How do you grow year to year when you're not playing regularly? Um. Well, I mean. You can, you still always grow as a teammate, you know. Um, even in Alabama, you know, when I think back, it's like, damn, I, I, I wish, you know, 
I would have been a better teammate at times to where, you know, um, a better understanding of knowing how to handle certain guys or certain situations. And, uh, you know, when you're at that age and you're winning that much as in, in that program and, uh, you know, you, you tend to really sit back, I mean, to not sit back and kind of take everything in and realize what special things you're doing and um, enjoy it as much as you probably should uh, and really cherish those moments with some of the guys. Um, and I have a bunch of great relationships, I mean, with, with guys still, a bunch of my receivers. But uh, so, yeah, I always try to grow as a, as a teammate. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like I do a good job here. Uh, I mean, I... I feel like I have a, a lot to do with the game plan. I mean, I put my input. They asked my input um, with uh, Zamp and uh, the coaches. And I mean, Marvin comes to me and asks uh, my input on certain situations. So, and I tell him um, what I think. And you know, whether we all agree on it or not, it's you know, everybody has opinions. So I, I'm always trying to learn, and you always can and become a better teammate. And, so uh, that's what I try to do, really. There have been some lists and so forth saying that Jimmy Garoppolo and A.J. McCarron are the two best, quote-unquote, backup quarterbacks that could be available for other teams. He hasn't been dealt either. Are you surprised by that? Well, no. I mean, um, I mean, obviously, you know, if a team, it's like here, I guess, uh, you know, if an organization's high on them, then they want to keep them for as long as they can. I, I, I don't know. It's... It's hard for me to say because I'm not up there in, the, in those meetings, in the front office meetings and all that. But, um, I mean, I, I love Jimmy. Jimmy's been a, a great guy. Um, getting to know his family, his brother, um, were the two, you know, m most guys that I really got to know during my draft process. And, uh, and I wish nothing for the best for him. He, he's an awesome dude and a uh, great player. And uh, he's going to have his opportunity too. He's just – in the same boat, just got to wait it out and uh, enjoy the process and uh, kind of sit back and just take it all in. Um, you know, it's what we dreamed of doing. I'm sure you dreamed of it uh, growing up. And uh, just have fun. Have you guys talked? No, I haven't talked to Jimmy um, since last season when we played him. But, um, yeah. Are you a patient person in general? My wife says no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, you know, Having a son, uh, a little man run, crawling all over and trying to walk and knocking things over, um, it teaches you pay, patience. So I'm getting better. Uh, she's definitely the better one, uh, the better part of our half, or the better half of us. And uh, but yeah, I'm trying to get better, but it's a working process. <laughs> Who, whose idea was it? It just I saw the report to put flaming hots on sushi. <laughs> Is that well, no. So I, I didn't, well, that's a thing that a lot of people, which is funny, I mean, I don't care because it got a lot of pub off of it. Um, and like my wife said, my wife, she, I, I, and I told uh, Mr. Pete, who, who's the owner of, uh, he's the actual owner uh, that put all the money up. Um, but he asked me to come in to use, you know, my name and stuff. And so, um, and I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the of the name of the restaurant. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like, like me and him talked about when we, we did sit down and talk. Is like, you know, it, 
it did blow up. It was all over the place, which is great for us. Um, but I, I, I have nothing to do with any anything really. Uh, but it, it, it's like it's supposed now. It, it's I don't I've never been up here, but it's like. Uh, Somebody said like a place called Fusion or something okay. where you can go in and like create your own and then you have like a small list of so like, like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. exactly. So you go in and like order and go down the line and they give it to you right there and then you can sit in there and eat and like we'll have a bunch of TVs and stuff. Um, but then you have like specialty things and I know like they have like a couple dessert ones. Um, like a peanut butter and jelly but it's not like a sushi roll like when people think of it. It's like a like a breading uh, covering to replace like what would be the seaweed and rice. Um, and then I think we have like a banana and Nutella or something, I don't know, something. But A bunch of crazy Yeah, right, right. So like it'll be different, which I think it'll be great. I mean, in a college town, like sushi where you don't have to sit down and wait forever like you think going to a sushi restaurant I mean, you have to sit down for at least 30 minutes before you get your roll um so i think it's going to be great i think it's it's different and um but yeah i, I had no control over anything uh, I it just sounds kinda, really good actually yeah so I, I love flame rods, so that's why yeah i mean I it might be good i don't i don't even know um you haven't when, tried it yet? No. Okay. Whenever y'all saw the article, like, whenever it came out, that's when I first saw the article. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, as y'all were talking about it, I was just reading it. I was like, oh, I guess we do have this stuff. But, I mean, nobody ever reached out to me. They just kept saying, oh, AJ has a new sushi place, which, yeah, I'm a partial owner, but it's not my place. Like, and I don't have any control over the name or the menu or anything. I put my two cents in, but, you know, our team talked, and we thought, um, everything was fine, and so I, I'm all for it. So that's A.J. McCarron in the Bengals locker room earlier today. Flamin' Hots on sushi. Count me in. That's my favorite snack in the world, and I love sushi. I'm all about it. Plus, I like spicy food, so I'm all in on that. I'm also all in on uh, the Bengals in their draft and, and studying it, talking about it, and so much more. I'm going to have a mock draft on ESPN 1530. I, I believe it's going to come out Wednesday. So the day before the draft, you're going to hear from Dave Lapham here on Locked on Bengals. But tomorrow is Joe Goodberry's day. Joe's going to join me on Friday as well to react to the first round, and then we'll preview the, the upcoming round two and three. So, so a ton on Locked on Bengals here in the next couple of days. Again, I'm sorry I missed last week. We were picking up steam. Uh, I had only a couple shows last week. I was doing it from the road. It was kind of tough. But now I'm here. Now we're here. I want to hear from you. Who do you want the Bengals to pick? Who do you want the Bengals to pick at nine? Who do you want to see in second, third round? Heck, if you've done a mock draft and you can do them on like fan speak and there's easier ways, easy ways to do it. If you like a mock draft, hate a mock draft, or, or you just are curious about the Bengals, give me your picks, what you think the Bengals will do. Maybe I'll mention you on here depending on how many of you send them my way, but it, it, it'll be interesting. I'll definitely react, and, and I think – the biggest thing here is the Bengals need to find an identity. I've said it all offseason. In that identity, if they drafted a John Ross and then maybe a Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook in round two, would be we're going to score a bunch of points on you fools. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, how they do it, and we're going to get our answers pretty soon. The draft just a couple days away. Joe Goodberry tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, at James Erpine. Follow Locked on Bengals on Twitter, at Locked on Bengals. 
and certainly subscribe. iTunes, audioboom.com. If you know a Bengals fan or your cousin who lives in a different city or state, send them our way to subscribe to this podcast because what we've built up the draft, we're going to have a lot of reaction post-draft. The next couple days are going to be great. The next couple weeks are going to be great because we get to discuss what happens. It's all culminating into this. So I can't wait. I know you can't wait. I appreciate you tuning in. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Thank you for listening. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.